Welcome to this special legal podcast from Care Home Management magazine. We're going to look at what happens when there is a death in a care home and what this may mean for owners and managers in terms of what might then follow in the form of an inquest. And I've been joined today by two experts from Mills and Reeve legal firm, and they are Chris Goff and Ruth Minnis. Now, let's take this through in chronological order, really, we get into a care home, there's been a death in a care home. It is possible that the family might make a claim. It could be uh, you get a request for disclosure of uh, care home records if you're a manager. Chris, do you want to kick us off with the the very beginnings of all this and and what you should be uh, having at your fingertips? Certainly, Alan. And and to begin with, just thank you to you and and, uh, Care Home Management Magazine for the opportunity to hopefully provide some useful content to your readership. This is a, a specialist area and it can be a, well, it's, it's always going to be a harrowing time. A, a death is, is, is never a happy event. Um, and what can sometimes compound that is the, the possibility that there may be some sense of fault, uh, some criticism from a family who will undoubtedly be uh, concerned to understand the facts and reasons that may have contributed to the death of a loved one. And the possibility of a claim for compensation, not necessarily in the immediate future, but some way down the track. Um, th- there, is, there is some good news insofar as many policies of insurance do actually provide cover for that sort of circumstance, not only in relation to the potential for compensation in terms of damages and also any costs incurred in pursuing a claim, but also to cover the costs that a business might need to incur in preparing for an inquest or uh, at the sharper end in considering and, and being advised on a potential regulatory issue and the possibility of a prosecution. Um, I think the the first thing I'd like to emphasise to listeners or readers is the importance of checking your insurance policy and that that cover is available. Um, Equally, it's important to recognise that the cover comes with some responsibilities as an insured business. Uh, the most important of which, quite possibly, is to have communicated with the insurer as soon as is reasonably practicable. Uh, if, If the business receives a claim, if it receives notice of an intention to make a claim, and it can be it can be a very, a very low key letter from a solicitor potentially that could trigger that or even, and, and this is a slightly greyer area, if the business becomes aware of a circumstance that might give rise to a claim. Now, obviously, that's a much more nebulous concept. What circumstance might give rise to a claim? Um, but these are the sorts of things that, the in our context, the care home management team should be thinking about um, in, in practical terms 
we need to know who our insurance broker is. And in some businesses, that's a very strong relationship. There's regular contact and dialogue and discussion. They're very much a strategic partner. For other businesses, and it's, it's much like you know, we as consumers buying insurance, it's, it's an online relationship. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a click and it's an online form. And it's obviously about trying to secure best value in terms of premium. But you need to know who your broker is. You need to know who your insurer is. And you definitely need to, to make sure that you provide them with notice of a claim that's submitted, uh, a notification of an intention to make a claim, or circumstances that might turn into a claim based on your wider understanding of the factual background. Um, the insurers may then, well, they, they certainly provide a resource um, that will support the business in the event of a death. Um, they will appoint a claims adjuster possibly, or even a, a, a lawyer if it feels that, that if, if the insurer feels that that's necessary or that's something the business is pushing for. And the support and assistance that comes with that, which is something that Ruth will, will come on to talk about, I'm sure. Um, the support is there. The business needs to unlock the door to access it. And that's about that notification duty. Okay, um, so I understand that. That's, that's obviously very important. Know who your insurers are. And obviously, uh, consult your own good selves uh, as well to bring all that together. If, I mean... People die in care homes. We know that often they can be predicted, often they can't. So let me go on to you then, Ruth, if I may. An inquest. In what circumstances might an inquest be held? An inquest may be held um, following the death in a care home if it was an unexpected death or questions remain about the circumstances, whether those circumstances could possibly be due to neglect by staff or through a resident sustaining an injury whilst in their care, for example. I've been involved in an inquest uh, where questions remain about the circumstances. Uh, That inquest involved an elderly lady in a nursing care home and she was nearing the end of her life and she'd been diagnosed with dementia which was deteriorating. As a result of that, uh, she lost weight and developed some pressure ulcers. Following her death, uh, her son argued that this was due to staff neglect. And as a result, the coroner held an inquest in those circumstances. The inquest was a three-day inquest. We heard lots of evidence from different medical professionals that had been involved with this elderly lady as well as evidence from the care home. And the coroner came to the conclusion that she had died of natural causes and neglect did not contribute to her death. One of our roles is to review the evidence uh, early on and identify if there is any learning for the care home. One of the roles of the coroner, one of their duties, is to make a prevention of future death report um, if they identify any gaps that um, could lead to a resident sadly losing their life again in the future. So we would look very carefully at all the evidence at the policies of the care home to see whether there are any such gaps that need to be addressed ahead of that inquest process so that the coroner is satisfied that he does not or she does not need to prevention of future death report. 
Well, that's um, reassuring, I'm sure, but it's 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 a cause of great worry. It must have been for the uh, care home operator themselves, and and uh, inquests, of course, aren't as as perhaps formal as a as a trial for murder or anything like that. But they are still uh, they are still quite frightening for somebody having to go to one for the first time, and an awful lot to take on board, I would imagine. Inquests are fact-finding hearings. They are not meant to be acrimonious in any way. But of course, when you're there giving evidence, it can feel like you are on trial. You're being asked questions, uh, perhaps about your practice as a carer or as a manager in terms of the policies that you had in place at the care home. And it's certainly something that we can assist staff to prepare for. Yes, that's very important. Perhaps that's one for you, Chris, if we could come on to that. If you're then brought into the process, you know the inquest is coming up. Uh, You go into the care home to speak to staff, to speak to managers and owners, whoever it may be. What procedure do you go through when that situation arises? I think the point to emphasise here is that, you know, we, we can't change the facts, but we can make sure that they are accurately recorded, well-documented, clearly presented, and then in the context of the inquest are going to be fairly explained by lay witnesses who have a good grasp of what their evidence actually is, and all of which will help develop a proper understanding by the coroner, first and foremost, Um, but possibly by the jury who may be assisting the coroner in reaching a a verdict on the death and in a subtler way by communicating a fair and effective message to the other interested parties as they're known which primarily involves the family and them having a sense of hopefully a sense of closure around the circumstances of the death but You know, there may be other interested parties listening, not least of all um, uh, regulatory authorities, sometimes even the police, um, the health and safety executive, the the media. Coroners sit in open forum. There can be press interest in, in certain matters. And getting a fair and accurate expression of the the evidence and the circumstances is really the focus. And that's where Mills and Reeve and, and other specialist legal support can can deliver some real value to the care home to the business uh, especially bearing in mind that attendance at inquest is not optional and if the coroner wants a witness there the witness will be obliged to attend and the business will be obliged to provide documents and disclosure that's requested so yeah Mills and Reeve can assist in gathering information which can be a very resource heavy process as you've identified how actually going into the care home meeting with witnesses sitting down with them helping them order their thoughts because this can be a very traumatic time not only because there's been a death but also because of thinking of what's coming down the track giving evidence in open court is not a comfortable experience for anyone um it's it's public speaking in as ruth has said what can sometimes become an adversarial moment and that's not easy for you know experienced people to deal with never mind carers and assistants and managers who don't live in that kind of world so yeah Mills and Reeve have the capacity the experience and the skill set 
to deliver all of that kind of support, but to do it in a way that's sensitive to the challenges that the people are going to face in dealing with the process, dealing with the forum, uh, open court, and, and really trying to help deliver a fair representation of the facts. I think that's that's probably the, the point I'd emphasise the most in terms of the benefits of of Mills and Reeves supporting a business through, through an inquest process. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. And, and Ruth, in dealing with perhaps a care worker or a nurse who's flung into the situation, um, you know, without any real preparation, what, what sort of uh, coaching, what sort of guidance do you give to somebody in that position? Firstly, I need to point out that we're not able to coach a witness in any way. But what we can do is sit down with a witness and um, we focus on the issues that the coroner is going to cover. So the purpose of an inquest, it's firstly to identify the medical cause of death. And then secondly, to answer four questions. Who died? When and where did the person die? And perhaps the most important of all, how did they come by their death? So what we would do with a witness is consider the evidence. And sometimes we can see many leave arch files of records and documents for the death of a resident in a care home. Of course, all of those be relevant. And part of our job is to find the relevant records and identify the key issues that the coroner is going to cover. We can spend time with the witness going through those key issues and help them to prepare a witness statement that is comprehensive. That's got another advantage because the coroner has two choices at inquest. They can choose to read a witness statement if it is comprehensive, or they can choose to have that witness come and give some live evidence if there are questions that remain. So you can see if we're able to prepare a comprehensive witness statement, it may be that the witness doesn't have to attend court at all. And I'm sure that would be the preferred option, would it? Well, as you keep saying, uh, it, it can feel like an adversarial process and it can be difficult for a witness um, to go to court. What we also offer to care home staff is something we call a pre-inquest meeting. So we would gather before the inquest and we would two things. Uh, firstly, we'd look at how and prepare for the practicalities of going to court if the coroner's decided they need to give some live evidence. So we would talk about uh, where the court is, where they would sit, what they would wear, what they call the coroner, and take them through the process that they will face in that inquest courtroom. Then we'd look at all the key issues and the questions the coroner is likely to ask them during the process so that they can start to gather their thoughts and review key points from their witness evidence. And hopefully that should get somebody with no experience at all through it one way or another. Would you think, Chris, that that's that's the right way to do it? It's it's a question, I suppose, in some ways, of settling nerves, isn't it? And being as uh, as forewarned as you can be. Nerves are a part of it, Alan, but it's also about trying to give some structure to what can be complicated factual dynamic and the kind of support that Ruth's been describing 
just gives the time and space and, and with the benefit of specialist input and guidance, gives an order to the, the disclosure of documents and the preparation of lay witness evidence. And I keep coming back to the point that we can't change the facts, but we can at least make sure that they are fairly presented in a way that is going to assist the coronial process, but in some part will also assist the care home in giving a very fair account of itself. And that's something that can sadly get lost in the melee without the right kind of support and assistance. And um, in in 27 years of, of legal experience, one of the certainties that I have is that people are unpredictable when they are in a pressure situation. And, and we all encounter pressure situations, but one of them is giving evidence in open court, unfortunately, for people. So all of this work that, that Ruth's been describing and all of the support that we can provide obviously has a benefit in the context of the coronial process, but it can also have a collateral benefit in the context of the claim moment, which is what I began to discuss earlier. Because, and it, it's, it's a recurrent thread, the facts are always going to be the facts. Whether they're harvested in the context of a coronial process or they're harvested in the context of a claims investigation, the content of those two processes should be fairly comparable. So at Mills and Reeve, one of the things we try and say is do it well, do it once. Our claims specialists, and that's where I sit in the business, work incredibly closely with our inquest specialists, which is where Ruth sits in the business. Ruth and I collaborate on many ongoing matters because the facts are the facts and they are going to inform the decisions that get made about the approach to the inquest, but will inform different decisions about the approach to any civil claim for damages, any potential civil litigation, and also possibly in a, in a regulatory context. And we have support there from specialist lawyers who can deal with that side of things. Ruth, as far as you're concerned, uh, when an inquest comes to an end, uh, whatever the uh, the outcome may be, is that where you then pass matters on uh, to Chris, or do, or if there is going to be a claim, uh, that is, or do not? Is it normal that at the end of an inquest that tends to be it, and that whether it be the family, whether it be the care home, everybody has agreed that that is a satisfactory outcome? Is that ten- does that tend to be the way of it? Well, we can have different outcomes at the conclusion of an inquest. I spoke earlier, of course, about an inquest that concluded an elderly lady died of natural causes. We could have a conclusion where there was a rider of neglect added to the conclusion. And also the coroner has a power to make what we call a prevention of future death report. So that would be in circumstances where a care home had not all the learning points following a resident's death and the coroner felt there was still a gap that might lead to a future resident's death. So in circumstances where we see perhaps that rider of neglect or a prevention of future death report, 
um, a family may use that as a springboard to bring a claim. If the family do pursue that, then it is at that moment that I would hand it over um, from my specialism during the inquest process to Chris's specialism in the casualty claims team. And Chris would then take it forward. I'm sure he can address with you, Alan. Well, I was going to say, Chris, when, when that situation arises, you're then into a situation where the reputation of the care home, maybe even the viability of the care home going forward could be at stake, couldn't it? It, it very much depends, Alan. With, with, a, with a, good, a good relationship with an insurer, and having acknowledged the duty to notify and, and have that engagement early on in the event of a, a death and a potential claim, uh, the support of the insurer will be there, certainly to protect the care home in relation to its legal expenses and the cost of any claim that might be coming down the track. But the, a point to make at, at this stage of our discussion is that there is a, a three-year limitation period and perhaps another four months beyond that. So the actual claim in terms of issued proceedings could be arriving 40 months after the death. In a worst case scenario, the the litigation may be the first time that the care home knows a claim is being pursued, at which point, if they didn't notify their insurer of of a, a, a likely or potential claim, they didn't seek any support and assistance through the inquest process. They haven't gathered their evidence. They haven't consolidated the documentary position. And there's going to be a little option for them or their insurer than to just settle the claim because we have no answer to it. The, The converse of that comes where the care home has followed those good practice steps that we discussed earlier. And through the support of the insurer and their funding can bring in a specialist litigation team who can advise on fatal accident claims, uh, potentially build on the evidence that's already been collated through the support from Ruth and the, the inquest team, but review that evidence in the context of the civil liability. And this is all about making good decisions. It's it's not about defending claims necessarily, because if it's a good claim, it's a good claim. That claim needs a decision making about it that's confident because it's based on good information. And that's what our support through the inquest process has secured. And then an early decision, if it's a claim that warrants compensation, that needs to be addressed as quickly as possible, bringing the matter to a conclusion for the benefit of the family, for the benefit of the estate of the deceased individual, but also at least cost in terms of legal expenditure. And and that's one of the objectives that we have. But the optimal outcome in the shortest space of time, at least cost, might also mean a very fair and reasoned rebuttal. And again, you can see how having that dual role and shared responsibility through the inquest process feeds good decision-making in the claims process, whichever way that decision might go, and a clear articulation of why, at which point, whether a claim litigates or not, maybe up to the, the, the claimant, to the estate, to the family, but they'll know where the defendant is coming from and they'll understand the reasons why. 
And without wishing it, they may understand that they're going to have a fight on their hands and that the care home is going to be supported not only by its insurer, but by its legal representatives. And we could find ourselves at a trial in a different forum. But, no, it's, it's, you know, it, it, yes, it's, uh, there's, a, there's a real uh, a number of options of, of routes that can be taken out of this. And that's where I'm sure your expertise at Mills and Reed comes in uh, very importantly. Well, Ruth Minnis and Chris Goff from Mills and Reeve, many thanks indeed. It's a big subject, of course, dealing with inquests, and we've probably only scratched the surface over these last uh, 20 minutes or so. But I hope that's given some information to care homeowners and managers on what to expect. And of course, uh, look into your insurance details and uh, look into your legal advice as well. That's where we'll leave it for this particular podcast. We've got more coming on the way in the not too distant future. So I'll say goodbye for now. Oh, 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 oh